count of three when children open their shoe boxes. They are so excited. I mean, it's just been incredible. Kids are so excited. Giving them a gift, do it in Jesus' name, and that's what this is all about. It's a gospel opportunity. It's the chance for the children to change the entire life. The word of God is spreading. The gospel is advancing. It is impacting children. It is impacting families. It is impacting the world greatly. Thank you for praying. Thank you for giving. God will bless, and God will use your gift to touch the life of a child and to be able to do it in Jesus' name. So thank you. Thank you for being a part of it. God bless each and every one of you. Welcome here. It's great to see you this morning. We are actually hosting an in-person live service this morning at our church campus. But if you are staying at home, this service is just for you. If this is one of your first times with us this morning on our live stream, we are so excited that you are here. We'd love to get you to know you better. And so if you could drop us a comment in the Facebook chat, that would be amazing. Or you can always send us an email at hello at cedarvalley.ca. The best way to stay informed about what's happening here at Cedar Valley is through Instagram, Facebook, or our weekly email that we send out. You can sign up for that at cedarvalley.ca. You can find out about things like this that are happening. It's Halloween night and we are hanging out in the neighborhoods around the church and everybody's out here anyway. So we are so excited to be with people, handing out candy, hot chocolate, helping people stay warm and just being a light in the community around us. You'll also stay up to date with our in-person services. The next one is happening December 6th and we're so excited to have you there. We would love it if you could join us and we're gonna get into the holiday spirit a little bit on that service, so make sure you sign up online. As a church, we love to pray together. We love caring for each other, and if you have any specific prayer requests that you would like lifted up, we would love to hear you, hear from you. You can sign up for that on our website as well, cedarvalley.ca. So, in that, we're gonna start off this service with a time of prayer. God, thanks so much for the ability to serve your community and to be out here doing things like this. Um, thank you for giving us ideas and amazing people to come help us out. And we just hope that you um, are present here in this. God, I thank you so much for our church community that we are able to join in person and online and that we can worship you together regardless of where we are. God, we give you this morning and um, we just worship you in that. And we also want to lift up those who are not feeling well, those who are... Um, either recovering from sickness or just in the thick of it, God, we just ask that you would be really present with them, that you would care for them and that you would love on them. And oh God, we just thank you that you care. And in your name we pray, amen. Okay, we are gonna start off this service with a time of worship. Join in however you can, the lyrics will be on your screen and we are just so excited to be able to bring worship into your home with you. Um, the, after worship, we are going to have a kids message, especially for them, so kids get ready. And after that, we're gonna have a special message from Pastor Doug on our um, continued message and theme of road trip. We are excited to look into what the early church did and how that also influences us today. Before we head into all of that, I would love for you to comment on Facebook. So this weekend just happened to be Halloween and you might have a massive pantry full of 
treats or you've got that bag that's full of candy. So pop a comment in the Facebook chat there of what your favorite candy is. Is it Coffee Crisp? Is it Kit Kat? Are you more of a candy fan? Or do you like uh, those like weird things like Raisinets or things like that? It's good to see you this morning, Cedar Valley. We're so excited that you're here. Good morning, church family. Thanks for joining us this morning. Sing along with us.
Hey Cedar Valley kids, if you're watching this online service this morning, we have a little video clip that we're going to play for you in just a moment from a church called Saddleback. And they have a great cartoon kids program that just helps us explain and understand and learn about stories in the Bible. Just before we do that though, I have a quick message for your parents. So parents, uh, I just wanted to let you in on what we're doing for our in-person worship services. We're doing them once a month. Our next one is December 6th on Sunday morning. We have three service times, 8.30, 10 o'clock, and 11.30. And for the first two, 8.30 and 10 o'clock, we do have kids programming. So if that's a reason why you've possibly been staying home, we're doing small groups downstairs spread apart with a lot of area or space so it's safe. It's great, you can sign up ahead in time for that. But if not, we're still gonna keep providing great online content, worship services with kids programming in the middle of it every week, just like this one. So, kids, do you know the story about the Apostle Paul? Now this is a guy who actually changed his name. His name used to be Saul, and his name became Paul. I don't know, have any of you guys ever had a name change in your life? Maybe you have a nickname and your parents call you that, but uh, you have a different given name. But Paul is a man, the Apostle Paul, used to be called Saul, who, uh, as you're gonna see in this little video clip, went through a massive life change. Like, it's, this is way more than just changing, you know, the kind of food he liked or how he dressed or a hairstyle. He went through this huge life change. He used to be this guy who was up to no good. He would do bad things that he actually thought were good, but he just didn't know any better until he was told by God that these things you're doing are really bad and his life was completely changed. And he eventually went on to become somebody who massively helped build the church in, uh, in history thousands of years ago. He wrote tons of books in the Bible that we read every day. If you know any Bible memory verses, you probably know some of the stuff that Paul wrote because the Holy Spirit was in him. He helped write it out. But anyways, as you're watching this clip, here's a thought for you to think about. Is there any little changes in life you you can remember? Even you might be really young, but maybe you used to really hate vegetables. And now you like them. I know for me, I used to hate mushrooms so much until I became like a lot older. It took me until I was like 20 years old, but I love mushrooms as long as there's, you know, a lot of garlic and onions with them and I can hide all that mushroom taste. But, you know, my taste changed too. But sometimes there's other changes in our life, like stuff that we used to do. I used to have a really bad temper and I would get angry all the time really quick at my sister or my friends if they did anything wrong against me. And I would just lash out. Sometimes I would even hit or punch or kick and that was really bad. Other times I would just say mean things and I'd storm off into my room and not talk to them. And eventually, uh, you know, after my parents talked to me uh, over and over, I had teachers and people were just like, you can't have this kind of anger. I, I learned how to get over that and just have more patience and not have this anger in my life all the time. So as you're watching this video, we're gonna set it up, Saddleback Church Kids, talking about the life of Paul. Uh, think about times that you maybe have had some big changes in your life too, kids. Enjoy it. The Miracle of Mercy, Paul. This is Saul. Saul was a Pharisee who hated the followers of Jesus so much that he would hunt them down to be brought to trial in Jerusalem. And he would even seek to murder them. Saul was uttering threats with every breath, and he was eager to kill the Lord's followers. So he went to the high priest. He asked him to write a letter to the Jews in Damascus that would allow him to arrest any Christians he found there. He wanted to bring them, both men and women, back to Jerusalem in chains. 
Now Saul went on his way, and as he came near Damascus, a light from heaven flashed around him, and he heard a voice that said, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Saul cried out, Who are you, Lord? And the voice said, I am Jesus. Rise and go into the city, and you will be told what to do. So Saul got up and he opened his eyes, but he couldn't see anything. So the men who were with Saul led him into the city. After three days, a man named Ananias came to Saul. He put his hands on Saul and immediately Saul could see again. And with that, Saul became a follower of Jesus. He became the very thing he had tried to hunt. And he immediately began telling people that Jesus is the Son of God. And he taught them about the mercy of God that he had received. And all who heard him were amazed. He then went by a new name, Paul, as he began preaching not just to the Jewish people, but to everyone. Despite many difficulties like being imprisoned, shipwrecked, and narrowly escaping death multiple times, Paul continued to preach about Jesus. Paul said that he would do everything he could to save people and help them know God. And that's just what he did in order to reach people who would otherwise be unreached. And many came to know Jesus because of what Paul said. Paul taught many in his day through his letters, but even more have come to learn more about Jesus through the letters of Paul that can be read even to this day. Hey, good morning, Cedar Valley. As you can see from the sign behind me, no doubt if you have traveled throughout BC, you've seen this sign. And they have been strategically placed at the side of the road at locations that contribute to the significance of BC's history. You know what? There are currently 184 of those signs across the province. And as a kid, I remember my Uncle Jake, he had this little book and it was 101 stops of interest that gave information about each one of these signs, where it was and what it was commemorating. We sometimes vacation with the Rempels and I think that he stopped at every single sign along the highway that he came across. As a kid, I was not interested. But my interest in history has changed. You've no doubt heard that if we don't learn from history, we are doomed to repeat it. But it can also be turned around, that it can also be about learning the good things about what have happened before us, so it can help to shape our future. So today, what I'd like us to do is take a road trip through the New Testament and stop briefly and look 
at what some of the early churches were up to. These New Testament churches all came into existence, still while those who had walked with Jesus were alive. These gatherings were new, and they were full of new believers, and they were just trying to figure this Jesus stuff out. You know what? As hard as they tried, they made a lot of mistakes. They had issues with immorality, with lack of unity, with incorrect beliefs and dissension. And they were also greatly influenced by the culture they lived in and that was around them. You know, they literally had people walking out of the temple of prostitutes, heading down the street and into the door of a small church that was gathering in a home. And they came with questions and lifestyles that were just so different in what Jesus was calling them to be. Now, much of the writing in the New Testament, their letters that are written to the church in Rome, in Corinth, Galatia, Ephesus, Philippi, Colossae, and many others. And the content within the letters is encouragement, but also instruction on how to correct some of these issues and the problems within the new but rapidly growing church of the day. See, there was great stuff happening there for sure, but they needed help. Now, as we look at some of these, I'm not saying that us here at Cedar Valley, that we should be just try to be just like one of these New Testament churches. But how about if we take a little bit of time to learn from them? You know, my dad told me years and years ago when I was young, he says, it's good to learn from your mistakes, but it's even better to learn from the mistakes of others so you don't have to repeat them, so you don't have to make the same ones. See, and before us here in the Word, in the New Testament part of the Bible, we have the luxury of the history of the early church recorded for us. So let's learn. And maybe we can see what is good to do within the church and maybe what's not so good to do. So, what is the church? Well, last week we talked about that church is a spiritual family that I belong to. But also, we need to understand that the church is a community of faithful believers of whom Jesus Christ is the head. And, he is, and we are called out from the world to serve God. So, our first stop, it's the church in Judea, Galilee, Samaria. It's a large region. And we discover in Acts verse, chapter 9, verse 31, that they were living in the fear of the Lord and were encouraged by the Holy Spirit and they increased in numbers. Living in the fear of the Lord. What does that mean? What does that look like? Well, quite simply, it means being more concerned about God and what He thinks than with others and what they think. 
And then we have the church in Antioch, the Antioch church. And we read in chapter 11, verse 26 of Acts, Barnabas and Saul met with the church and taught. And it was here that the disciples were first called Christians. They gathered regularly for teaching, for instruction on things about Jesus and the faith. And it's also a church that prayed. In Acts 13, verse 3, they were fasting and praying. Now, just before that, Peter had been thrown in prison. And the church was earnestly praying for him. And through the wonderful, miraculous work of God through the prayers of his people, he was released from prison and can continue in his ministry. And then just a little later on, they're fasting and praying, and they were laying their hands on some of the people from the church and sending them out. You know what? One of the things that the church does that we identify those to a specific ministry and we send them out with a blessing to do God's work. Now that could be out just down the street here in Mission or it could be part way around the world. We also discover in Acts 14 verse 23 that the elders were appointed in the church in whom the church put their trust. That's really significant. As a church, together, we have elected our leaders, our elders, we call them. Do we put our trust in them? That's significant. That, that, that's a big thing in the life of our church. Even though they may be of slightly different mind or focus or maybe younger than those who have served in the past, do we put in trust? put our trust in those that we placed before us to lead. And then there's the church in Corinth, the Corinth church. First Corinthians, the book of Corinthians were written to them. And in 1 Corinthians 1.18 we read that they preached and believed the message of the cross. Understanding that, that it was foolishness to those who don't believe, but it is power to us. They understood that those who did not receive the message of the cross and embrace it, they were perishing. And it was a motivating factor in who they were and how they lived and what the church did was their concern for those who were perishing apart from the work of the cross. And they were encouraged in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 7, that they were God's co-workers. Isn't that incredible? We don't just go to church, but you are, are an important part of the church. One plants, one waters, God causes the growth. Co-workers together with God in this tremendous opportunity. We discover that the church in Corinth, they, always, they also collected money for the needs of others. They were very concerned about how others were doing, not just about themselves. They were also learning how to restore a brother or sister within the church who was sinning. 
And they did it gently, raising them back up again to true fellowship within the church and with God. And then there's the church in Ephesus, the Ephesus church. And in the book of Ephesians 3.10, they were learning that God's purpose in all of this that was happening was to use the church to display his wisdom. I find that absolutely amazing, that the church, us, are gathering, even the one here at Cedar Valley. It's a part of God's plan to display his grandeur, his wisdom. Isn't that absolutely incredible? And then there's the church in Philippi. In Philippians 1.6, we read, Being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion. Take heart. Be encouraged that as you work, God will continue and he will bring results from your faithfulness. You may have been at this a long time and maybe you're a little tired. Or you're thinking, maybe my service is almost done. Take heart. God will continue that good work in you. And bring it to completion for his purpose. And then there's the church in Thessalonica. I just want to tell you briefly about that, that they were experiencing difficulties, but they were encouraged to continue because others were seeing their faith. So understand that how we respond in challenging situations, others in other churches and other believers can be encouraged by our faith. And they also persevered in persecution. And then there was the church at Troas in Acts 20, verse 6. We read that Paul was there when he was preaching and he spoke to the people and kept on talking till midnight. You think we have long services? Or maybe even our, our leadership team meetings have, have gone long into the evening. We, we've ended that practice. But they were so intent on hearing what God was saying that they gathered late into the night, into midnight, and they gathered for the Lord's Supper at the same time. And the church is to be led by the Holy Spirit. In Ephesians 5.18, we're encouraged to understand to be filled, be indwelt by the Spirit and follow the leading together. Also understand that the Holy Spirit is the greatest unifying presence within the church. The Spirit does not split us apart because we're different, but draws us together in unity. But you know what? Having looked at these churches briefly, having gone on this little road trip, let's not measure ourselves against the churches that were before us or even that are currently around us. But let's focus on being the church that God has called us to be. So, what is the church? It's that spiritual family that you belong to. And it's a community of faithful believers of whom Jesus Christ is the head, who are called out from the world to serve God. So how do we do that? How do we continue to live out 
this calling? Well, that's what we are engaged in right now at Cedar Valley. And you know what? I believe this is an exciting time for the church, for our church. Now, I'm generalizing here just a little bit, so bear with me. But the tendency and possibility is that if you've been hanging out at Cedar Valley for quite a while, and then you've invested a lot of your time and effort in the ministry of the church, you can feel and maybe say, hey, let's hold on to what we've got. It's pretty good. And conversely, if you haven't been here that long, or maybe you're a little on the younger side, you could be feeling that this church could be more. And you may be saying, let's try something new. What an incredible opportunity that together we can accurately see what we have been and also look forward to what we can be. That is thrilling. That is God working in his church. You know, the church is God's plan for redemption of the world. How cool is that? And we've been included in this amazing institution that God has created. So, what I want to ask you, if there were a stop of interest sign out on Cedar Street, right in front of the church, what would and what could it say about Cedar Valley Church? That's what I want to leave you with this morning, this time. That stop of interest sign, should they put one out right in front of Cedar Valley? What would it say and what could it say about God's church here at Cedar Valley? God, we thank you for what you have done and are doing and will continue to do in the life of the church. God, that's us. How great it is to be a part of your church in the midst of the challenges and the frustrations and the, and the differences that we all bring together. And yet, God, your spirit gives us unity and leads us forward. May we be attentive to your word, to your voice. May we work together God, to be the church that you have called us to be as we reach out to our community and send out to the world. Continue with us, we pray. Allow us to follow you, be committed to your word and to your way. May your blessing be upon those who gather, who are the church of Cedar Valley. Amen. All right, well, thank you everyone for joining us. Uh, it's been a great morning. If you're staying, uh, playing it safe or you just weren't able to get to the church this morning, you're watching online, that's why we, we're gonna continue providing these services for you at home. And we want you to be able to spend a time, whether you're by yourself or you're engaging online with the comments or you have a couple friends or family over, uh, we want you to chew on this to just, it really embrace it and kind of own the faith, own the message from this morning and apply it to your own lives immediately. So, you know, we asked Doug last week too, like what the, the main goal, and I think you ended off there with your images, which is fantastic, but we'll just remind everyone, like what's the main thing here that we want to be thinking about this week? I think we really want to think about what is God calling us to be? Yeah. This church has quite a history, um, but also what's its future? 
Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Right. And, and the town's changing like crazy too, right? It's, uh, I mean, I grew up in Surrey, so I just heard stories about the Fraser Valley and Mission. And uh, when I came here, it was a different town than the stories I heard mm -hmm. about. And even since I've been here for like five years, it's even changing too. Yeah. It, yeah. Politically, economically, the residences that are being built up, so the general culture that's around here, it, yeah. it's constantly changing. So as a church, we need to find that language to bring the gospel into that. So you're right. What are we? What do we need to be? Yeah, for yeah. sure. And I think one of the simple things here, just leaving this image on here, if we were to have one of these signs posted mm. outside our building, what would it say about who we are and who we've been and what could it say? And I think that's something would be great to hear from you and to have mm. you talk about dialogue a little bit. Yeah. 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 Well, yeah. Throw it on the comments and talk about it in right. small groups. Uh, I know for myself, I'm trying to think of like, yeah, a, a road sign mm -hmm. tourist kind of post like this. Right. Uh, and, and right now, because we're trying to envision the, the future a little bit for the church, but I think there's a few different keywords like around hospitality, generosity are things coming up. And especially we have this facility, this big yeah. building, yeah. one of the larger church buildings in Mission. And we're really trying to think of like, rather than just using it, you know, one day a week to come for worship service, especially during COVID, we realize that's not church right like yeah. it's it's it can happen wherever sure. we need it so yeah. what else can this facility do during the rainy months during as a place to gather uh the other one that's coming to my mind yeah. and i hope yeah. i'm not stealing yeah. anything no, that you're thinking good. is yeah. uh funerals right like there's a history uh dan's mm -hmm. pastor dan's era yeah. was a lot of funeral outreach and i think people could probably say like yeah we were able to process uh loss of a loved one yeah. here really well yeah and we can bring the gospel into every one of those messages too. So that's yeah. that's a thought. Yeah, that's so encouraging what we can be doing. And I know when I think of this church, um, I've often heard, which is great about the Church of Cedar Valley, mm -hmm. is that we're a friendly church. When people come in and approach us, they feel very welcome. But now, how can we turn that into taking that out into our community right. and meeting that friends and, and bringing Jesus to them? So I think that, that, that's a key thing for us as we, we look forward as a church. Yeah, awesome. Yeah. Well, yeah, again, yeah, dialogue, process that. And you know what? Uh, throw us some messages back. You can email the, the pastoral staff, the office, hello at cedarvalley.ca. You can email the leadership, that's elders at cedarvalley.ca. And we have even had a few of these engagements already happening. We love following those up. We love just having the entire congregation working together on this uh, future visioning for the church. So have a great week, everyone. We'll see you next week. All right, thanks, Cedar Valley.